Alrighty then, once again, we welcome you into yet another edition of the WJR Sportsbook, presented by our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. And what we have for you is a special edition, because yours truly, Steve Courtney, uh, in the fabulous Fisher Building. The same cannot be said for my partner, WDIV's Jamie Edmonds. Jamie, where are you? Steve, I am in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ever heard of it? Yes, I find it to be a very toddling town. <laughs> I love hockey. I love the hockey playoffs. So I came to Pittsburgh to go to game four, Penguins Rangers. You know, that is going to be very exciting. Uh, everybody knows uh, you are from the great city of Pittsburgh. Everybody knows you are a huge Penguins fan. And is there anything more American than a young lady going to an NHL playoff game with her dad. Huh? <laughs> well, it's like it's 1992 up in here because that's when I started going to games with my dad and I'm still doing it. Oh, that is awesome. All right. Well, thank goodness you found a quiet place uh, so we can do this here radio show. And by golly, we'll get it started with some, well, we have to, uh, Tigers conversation. Um, it's rather unfortunate uh, what has unfolded, Jamie, uh, with this club. They lose to the Astros 5 nothing yesterday. Houston sweeps that four-game weekend series. As a matter of fact, the Tigers, they just get one hit, a double by Jonathan Scope. It's, it's getting pretty ugly, Jamie. This is a really tough watch. I mean, who's tuning into these Tigers right now when they get one hit? You can't win with one hit. Well, here's the deal, to take it a step further. And again, remember, there were expectations on this Tiger team coming in. No doubt about that. They have now lost five in a row. They've lost 12 of their last 14. They are now 8-19. and 19. That, my friends, is the worst record in the American League. Oh, my goodness. It's so tough. And they have, what's the problem? Most of the problem is the hitting. They've got five players hitting under 200. What is going on? Well, you know, therein lies the problem. And everybody's saying, well, you know what? When the weather warms up, you know, the bats will come around. And, you know, the weather is starting to warm up. As a matter of fact, A.J. Hinch, after the loss yesterday in Houston, says uh, we need to play better. And, you know, the sad thing is there's A.J. Hinch going back to Houston where he had so much success. And now he's looking at this. And, you know, He's trying to figure a way to get this team to turn it around. But, you know, as the skipper, there's only so much he can do. That was the question I was going to ask you. How much blame do you put on A.J. Hinch right now? For me, it's zero. It's these guys who aren't hitting. I mean, Scope's at 134, Candelario's at 200. I mean, one hit yesterday. Well, and Torkelson, obviously a rook. Uh, you know, he's going to have some adjustment time. But, you know, basically, here's the bottom line. Uh, we've been expecting a whole lot more from this Tiger team. And you look at the, the uh, new additions, uh, Javier Baez, he has been making his contributions. Austin Meadows has been making contributions, although uh, he was uh, ill, non-COVID related. Uh, but I think he's well over 300. So, you know, there are some bright spots, not many. And how about this? The Tigers are 3-15 and in games that they've allowed a home run. So the basic formula is, don't allow a home run. <laughs> well, speaking of home runs, I think they have the fewest home runs right now. Yeah, dead last. They only have 11. 
They're certainly not hitting for power. I just, it's really tough, a really tough watch right now. Well, there's no doubt about it. And how many times uh, in this Tigers campaign have they had uh, bases loaded, less than uh, two outs? Have they had a runner at third, less than two outs? And for the most part, they are not getting the runs in. And it's just insane. I had Evan Petzold of the Free Press on Sports Final Edition last night, and I asked him, what do you think the problem is? And, of course, you know, he said the hitting as well. But he said it's not like they've lost the clubhouse. It's not like guys aren't preparing. It's not like they're studying the scouting reports. They're all doing these things. Cabrera says this clubhouse is focused. They're all on the same page. Just no one can pinpoint why this is happening right now. Well, and here's the deal. Uh, They are back at Comerica Park for an eight-game homestand, uh, which will begin tonight, as a matter of fact. More on that, but let's bring on the hater, uh, the guy in charge of (laughs) pushing buttons and whatnot. Blake, uh, what's your take on this Tiger team, dude? The hitting has just been not what any of us want to see, and then we're dealing with, you know, injuries all over the place. I haven't been as tuned in to this Tigers team as I was hoping to be when they started making these acquisitions. It's been a tough watch, but, I mean, obviously the hater in me, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. I get it. I get it. Uh, and, and speaking of this five-game series uh, with the A's to kick off the homestand, getting underway in just a few minutes at the old ball yard, Michael Pineda will get the ball for the Old English Deers. He's 1-1, one 3.77 one, the ERA. Uh, good news here. We need some good news. Uh, Michael has allowed two runs or less in two of his three starts uh, this season. Hopefully that continues. The bad news, the A's, they come in 10-18. and 18. Paul Blackburn, the 28-year-old right-hander, gets the ball for the A's. He's 3-0, and ERA of 2.22. So, you know, if the Tiger bats are going to start warming up, there's a challenge right there. Well, there's an opportunity here. The athletics are not that good. If you want to start a game at a time, like A.J. Hinch says, start tonight. <laughs> well, and then the uh, doubleheader tomorrow, uh, game one is at 110. And I see, for some reason, the uh, Tigers are going to be the away team for some reason. Uh, the the A's will play in Detroit as the home team. I don't know. Uh, game two tomorrow, 440. Wednesday, 710. Thursday, they'll shut down the series at 110 but as we're having this conversation partner are you optimistic at all because look this really does have the potential to snowball out of control in a negative way okay here's why i'm still optimistic because casey mize and matt manning seem to be doing great in toledo one of them's going to come up sooner rather than later probably matt manning so you have those guys coming back Plus, you have what happened last year when the Tigers had a terrible, almost identical record in April and May, and then they started playing nearly 500 ball after that. So I feel like A.J. Hinch can bring them back to that, at least that point. Well, I read an interesting piece from the great Lynn Henning uh, this morning, as a matter of fact. And the Tigers, as it turns out, are pitching rich. Are we almost to the point where you might consider letting go of some of those arms? To find some bats. (laughs) Yeah. Or how about going to Toledo and bringing up some of those guys that have maybe 300 batting average just to bring some kind of spark up to the big club? 
All right, we shall see. All right, folks, uh, welcome into, once again, the sports book. We've got more coming your way. As a matter of fact, uh, when we return, how about the latest edition of the Kentucky Derby? Oh, man. It was so great. It was unbelievable. We'll talk about Rich Strike coming up as we continue here on the WJR Sportsbook. The Sportsbook continues right here on 760 WJR. Steve, Jamie here at your service. And I don't know if we will ever see a Kentucky Derby like we saw this past Saturday at Churchill Downs. Uh, You had Rich Strike, who didn't get into the field until Friday. Goes off 80 to 1. And we all know now what transpired. Jamie, your thoughts? Well, it, of course, was on Local 4, so we were watching it as we waited to go on the air, and it was fantastic. Everyone thinking it's going to be Epicenter, one of these, you know, one of those horses. But, no, it's this horse that joins on Friday. And if you've seen the overhead video of how he closed on Epicenter, it's amazing. Well, that was uh, unbelievable watching. As a matter of fact, uh, I think I've uh, checked it out like 20 times uh, because here it is. Full disclosure. All right. Every year, my brother and sister-in-law have a Kentucky Derby soiree. I don't wear a hat. I don't take it that far. Uh, You do not wear a fascinator. I I do not. Uh, But, you know, my brother takes the wagering very seriously. So there's 10 $5 envelopes. Inside each envelope, the name of a horse. So I invest, and my first four horses, garbage. The last one I open, uh, Ethereal Road is scratched. In is Rich Strike. Parentheses. You're probably upset you got that. <laughs> 99 to 1 is at the time what it was going off at. And I'm thinking, this darn horse will still be running at midnight. So <laughs> I, I'm thinking there's no way Uncle Steve is going to cash in. But guess what? (laughs) It was unbelievable because you know what? Uh, The final call, as you allude to, Jamie, on the overhead, uh, it was quite the battle going on with Zandon and Epicenter. And the guy on the call is focused on those two. All of a sudden, Rich Strike comes on the inside. And then finally, probably, uh, you know, the last three seconds, and Rich Strike on the inside! <laughs> Out of nowhere, it was fascinating. I, I don't know all of that much about horse racing. You know, I watched the Triple Crown, obviously. But to see the route that this jockey took, I thought that was very impressive, too. He was in the back. Right. He started in the last position. Uh, look, that overhead, uh, as I mentioned, is so interesting because uh, up until the final turn, Rich Strike was in the back of the pack. And you're thinking, well, right. how, did, how does this happen? So uh, Rich Strike paid 163.60. Only Donrail in 1913 had a higher payout at $184.90. Back in those days, that was like two grand. Uh, but it was an unbelievable story. And now, uh, as you might suspect, Rich Strike is one of the top three favorites for the uh, Preakness coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, 
seeing that performance, it seems like he could just go into turbo mode whenever he feels like it. Now, Blake, did you have any dollars on Rich Strike? I didn't have anything on the Kentucky Derby, unfortunately. And you know me in my degenerate ways. Horse racing is something I've wanted to get into, and I haven't. And now seeing this, an 80-to-1 shot to win, win, now I'm like, next year I'm going to be placing all my bets on all these underdogs and just blowing all my money. Well, you know. You don't have to wait till next year. Do the Preakness. That's true. You know, that's what horse uh, horse race wagerers do. They always drop a dime on the long shots. Mm -hmm. Now, historically, it, it doesn't pay off. But when it does, now I had heard that if you bet the trifecta uh, in order with Rich Strike winning, obviously, if you put $5 down, it amounted to like thirty-five grand. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> How about that? Now I have FOMO. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the most heavily bet Kentucky Derby ever uh, was won by the biggest long shot in the field, obviously. A record $179 million was bet uh, in the Paramutual Pool. Uh, in Saturday's Derby, a 17% increase over last year and 8% greater than the previous record that was set back in 2019. Uh, so there's a whole lot more of this story, but I don't want to bore anybody. Obviously, you know, being the sports book, uh, we certainly enjoy it. Um, but now, uh, you know, coming off of what we witnessed uh, in last year's debacle, uh, you know, this was unbelievable. It was, I thought it was pretty fun to watch. As someone, again, who watches the Triple Crown and kind of that's it, I thought it was great. Now, what was interesting was after Rich Strike won, the horse's behavior was bizarre to say the least. You know, he's trying to bite the other horse next to him. (laughs) I mean, time and time again. So naturally, you know, I cash in. All my family members are saying, test that horse. (laughs) It's dope. Doesn't know what the hell's going on trying to bite the other horse. Of course, everyone's going to think that. And of course, I'm sure they tested that horse, considering what happened last year with Medina Spirit. Well, and, you know, that whole uh, debacle, you know, you would think you would think them horses were tested before they even got in the gate. You would think Uh, because, look, the fact of the matter is horse racing has a long illustrious history of being dirty yeah well why do you think they have all those measures in place for once the horses get on property they have 24 hour surveillance on them well exactly and you know what uh for all the right reasons uh but i'll tell you what for my money so to speak uh that kentucky derby will forever uh be the barometer because i don't know if we will ever see another 80 to 1 horse win the darn thing no, I don't think we will. And I don't think this horse really is a triple crown candidate. To me, this was like a one and done thing. But again, who knows? You know, but still, uh, interesting story. Uh, if you're the owner uh, of Rich Strike, okay, you're excited. You know, hey, we are in the Derby. There was a scratch and, you know, we're in and, you know, nobody expected anything. I think the owner alluded to that saying, look, we were just happy to be here. Didn't they pay thirty grand for that horse? Yes. Yeah. What an unbelievable return. Well, you know, the amount of money uh, in thoroughbreds is ridiculous. Uh, but you know what? I guess uh, if you're able to get an emergency spot in the Derby and win it. Um, now, 
Which horse is going to play Rich Strike in the movie? Anybody know? <laughs> I'm sure that's being I don't know. cast as we speak. As we speak. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to move on here. After the break, the Detroit Lions sign Mr. Aiden Hutchinson to a deal. The full National Football League schedule for the upcoming season will be out Thursday. But uh, there is a couple of matchups that we now know about. We'll talk about that. NHL playoffs, where Jamie's at Pittsburgh right now, getting set for Game 4 with the Rangers. Uh, We'll talk about that, NBA playoffs, and much more. Leave it here on the WJR Sportsbook. The WJR Sportsbook continues, as always, presented by our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. And it is true, your Detroit Lions have signed first-round pick Aiden Hutchinson to a four-year deal worth more than $35 million. Hutchinson will receive, as it turns out, $35,713,388 over four years of his NFL career. The deal is fully guaranteed and includes a signing bonus of $23 million and change. So, you know, kudos to the Lions for uh, moving so quickly, Jamie. Yeah, because Trayvon Walker's not signed yet. The Lions clearly getting their business done early. Good for them. I just can't imagine being a young kid, graduating college, and then all of a sudden this is the payday. It's fun to think about. Well, it certainly is. And uh, you know what? Uh, Again, I will mention this. He is a former uh, Dearborn Divine Child Falcon, and uh, I'm going to reach out to him as a fellow alum, see if he's in a generous mood. I don't see why not. He can spot you probably that 388 bucks. Whatever the case may be. Uh, but you know what? Again, and this is going to be very, very interesting uh, because I'll use the adage, to whom a lot is given, a lot is expected. Now, his last year in Ann Arbor, uh, one for the ages, a school record 14 sacks for the Michigan football Wolverines. He understands why the Lions took him at number two. And uh, you're, you're going to be playing in front of the home crowd. And I think a little bit of pressure comes with that. But that being said, Jamie, it, it, it seems as though Aiden Hutchinson is the type that's going to thrive on that. Well, he doesn't seem to be, you know, worried about the big stage at all. He's used to it. And I think he knows the pressure that's coming with signing this deal with being in Detroit. I mean, he grew up here. He knows the Lions history. And I think he wants to do right by the Lions. Well, uh, we shall see. But again, it is uh, going to be very interesting. Now, uh, we don't know uh, the exact Lions upcoming schedule. We will on Thursday. Blake, I know you get very excited about the NFL schedule release, don't you? Very excited. It's one of the best days of the year. The NFL's king. They have to have an event in every month of the year and schedule release is no different. And then, uh, you know, our, our colleague from the album show, Ken Brown. Uh, one of the most fascinating things of the year is to go through the Lions' schedule uh, with Kenny because year in and year out, he has him going undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> How's that working out for him? Uh, it hasn't worked out very well. hasn't worked out very well at all. But I do know this. Uh, Monday Night Football headed back to Buffalo. The uh, Bills will host the Tennessee Titans on Monday, September 19th at 7.15 for a Week 2 rematch of one of last season's most exciting matchups that came down to literally inches. Game will be part of a Monday Night doubleheader with the Eagles visiting the Vikings. That goes off at 8.30. 
uh, it will be their first meeting since 2019. Uh, again, the rest of the NFL's 2022 schedule uh, will be announced come Thursday at 8 o'clock. The NFL has actually made the schedule release an event for crying out loud. I was just going to say that, like exactly what Blake just said. I mean, now they're just leaking this one little tidbit, so we all talk about it now and then gear up for Thursday's full release. They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Um, obviously, the NFL, uh, well, in my humble opinion, it's become America's game, has it not? You know, forever it yeah. was baseball. Uh, you know, football, I think, dominates. And that's why the NFL can do what they're doing as it relates to uh, making everything they do an event. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think people care so much. NFL is king. It doesn't matter if it's the schedule release or what happened here today or the draft. I mean, think of other leagues' drafts. There's not 100,000 people watching a draft of, you know, the NHL. No, you wouldn't think. Uh, meanwhile, as we uh, shift gears here, uh, NHL postseason – absolutely have loved watching playoff hockey. Uh, It's what it's all about. Uh, First round action continues. If you're just joining us, first of all, shame on you. Secondly, uh, our own Jamie Edmonds is in Pittsburgh as we speak uh, doing the sports book because her and dad are going to game four Rangers in Pittsburgh to face the Penguins. Right now, the wins up two games to one. Now, you can't be a jinx there, Jamie. Well, I hope I'm not, but, you know, talking about how much I love the NHL playoffs, this series started with triple overtime. Right. How fun is that? It's not over until someone scores. I love it. You know what's interesting? Uh, Sidney Crosby, uh, no longer uh, a young dude. I mean, he's been at it a while, uh, but he keeps performing. 31 goals, 53 assists, I would imagine. And before we went on, Jane, we were talking about uh, probably the greatest all-time former Pittsburgh Penguin and Mario Lemieux. Uh, But Sidney Crosby can't be too far behind in the eyes of Penguins fans. I agree with you, but I think everyone still believes Mario Lemieux is the savior of this team in many ways. He was drafted as an 18-year-old and then brought Stanley Cups to the team, and then he saves the team by buying them, and they don't leave Pittsburgh. So he, Oh, and he's opened up cancer centers all over town because he beat cancer. I mean, he is the ultimate penguin. No, he is uh, just a good dude and, and uh, for, forever. I mean, the things he has done off the ice, uh, I guess to a degree, would rival uh, what he did on. Meanwhile, bad news for the Penguins. Netminder Casey DeSmith uh, out for the remainder. He had core muscle surgery. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not a doctor, uh, Dylan Larkin had the exact same thing. I don't know what core muscle surgery is, but let me just say this. It doesn't sound pleasant. Um, I don't, I'm not a doctor either, but it's in the midsection. There's some kind of surgery in the midsection. Yes, DeSmith is out. Um, we're not sure about Tristan Jari, the first um, goalie. So we're, we're going with Louis Deming, which he's been doing okay, but he's not exactly how we thought this playoffs would go. Come on, Louis Deming! <laughs> you know? Uh, elsewhere in the NHL on this Monday night, just getting underway, uh, Panthers in Washington to take on Ovechkin in the Capitals. Washington up two games to one there. 9.30, the Avalanche and Predators getting together in Nashville. 
Colorado can say sayonara to the Preds. They're up 3 nothing there. Then also at 9.30, the Flames and Stars. Uh, Dallas up two games to one in that series in tonight's tilt in Dallas. Now listen, uh, we know Steve Eiserman and the Winged Wheelers looking for a new head coach. The Islanders fired coach Barry Trotz today. Uh, this according to their team president, general manager Lou Lamorello. The Islanders missed the playoffs after finishing 37-35-10. and 10. Uh, Trotz, by the way, had one year left on his five-year contract. Now, Barry Trotz, I've always said this, he could have been a great character on The Sopranos because he looks <laughs> like he's a connected guy. There's no question about that. Uh, but he's had so much success at the NHL level. He's only 59 years old, joined the Islanders in 2017 after helping the Capitals win the Stanley Cup uh, the previous season. Also had a lot of success with the Nashville Predators uh, over their first 15 seasons. My question is, Jamie, does uh, Eiserman reach out to Barry Trotz? I think absolutely. This guy is the third winningest coach in the NHL. He's won a cup. No one thought he would be available. The Red Wings need a coach to take them to the next level. Don't you think absolutely he at least calls him? Well, you know what? This guy's got a track record. And I know the trend in the NHL is to go with a minor league guy or a college coach. But uh, with a guy like Barry Trotz available, I I certainly think at the very least Stevie Y is considering it. Maybe not. I don't know. But I certainly would. I think, I just think absolutely. He said in his press conference the other day that he would do his due diligence. He probably has a list of names that include young guys, but you at least call Barry Trotz, get his thoughts on this Red Wings team. All right. NBA playoffs quickly. Uh, Celtics and Bucks getting together in Milwaukee. The Greek freak. And the Bucks up two games to one in that physical series, 7.30 the start time. Then later on, it's the Warriors and Grizzlies getting together in the city by the bay, Golden State, up two games to one there. Uh, I have to mention this because we discussed this a couple of weeks ago on the Sportsbook, and that is fans just completely forgetting how to act. Several family members of Phoenix Suns point guard Chris Paul in attendance for Game 4 of the Western Conference semifinals against the Mavericks yesterday were harassed and physically contacted by a fan in the crowd. Clearly, Chris Paul not happy about that. He tweeted. But again, what in the hell is going on? What is going on with manners and decorum and just sort of everything? Why would you put your hands on anyone? I mean, how did they even get to that point? Well, and, you know, clearly you've got a guy here that went to this game Maybe not thinking I'm going to harass a player's family, but once the opportunity was presented, and this is perhaps just as sad, he pushed Chris Paul's mother, pushed the wife. What's he thinking? And as a society, why are we here when, you know, Dave Chappelle attacked on stage? We've talked about all the fights going on at sports venues around the country. It is perplexing and tragic. I'm not giving him a pass. I heard he's like a young teenager, so maybe there's a lesson to be learned for him here. But, yes, it's a trend that I don't like to see. And But you could see, you can kind of see what would happen here. Maybe this kid was saying bad things about Chris Paul. The family's right there, so they defend their family member, and then the kid pushes them. 
when it comes to family, like this has happened to Kelly Stafford before. She got very sure. emotional probably over someone saying something bad about her husband. And it's, to them, it's more. It's family. It's not just a guy who makes millions of dollars that you watch. Yeah, but all Kelly Stafford did was throw a pretzel. <laughs> Never got Her physical. assault was less. Right. Yeah. Never, uh, you know. Did you hear about that pretzel? It was assaulted. Hello? <laughs> Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Yeah. All right, folks, stick around. Uh, We've got some news as it applies to the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame as we wrap up this edition of the WJR Sportsbook. Not a whole lot of time left in this edition of the WJR Sportsbook, but uh, plenty of important things to discuss with you. Uh, Jamie, uh, you're going to be heading into the rink very soon with Dad to check out Game 4 of the Penguins and Rangers, which is uh, underway. I can't believe you found a uh, place of solitude to uh, do the radio show. Well done. <laughs> I know my city. I know where I can go. And I'm sure my dad is enjoying the game. I will be in there shortly, Dad. All right. Now let me ask you this. Some things never change when you're at a uh, sporting event with Dad. Are you going to hound him to buy you a souvenir? When I I am maybe an adult, I'm not going to say how old, but late 30s, when I'm with my dad, he pays (laughs) for everything. (laughs) Nice. Uh, As it should be, I guess. But uh, what a night it's going to be. Uh, We'll get you there uh, in the not-too-distant future. But first, uh, let's talk about this. The Michigan Sports Hall of Fame 2022 ballot now open for public vote. As a matter of fact, you can cast your vote now through May 22nd at the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame website. Uh, Who is on the ballot is your next question. Uh, We'll talk about some of the uh, guys who I think are slam dunks. Benny Blades! The Blade! He's uh, he's got to be an automatic. The Lions selected Blades with the third overall pick in the 88 NFL draft. Let me just say this about Benny Blades. A really cool dude, first and foremost. But that guy could hit. Yes. I think this is an absolute lock. And so is the next one, if you're going to say Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> I am going to say Pavel Datsuk. Uh, he is in, no doubt about it. Back in 2001, uh, Datsuk began a Red Wing career that would extend over 14 seasons. Now, I will say this as well. Uh, it was always a pleasure watching Pavel on the ice because that kid was so creative. Never in a situation he couldn't get out of, right? Oh, my gosh. He was so fun to watch. I think I played an old video recently on Local 4 of Red Wings with Pavel Datsuk, and I said to myself, hmm, I miss him. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, uh, Stevie does as well, but uh, just a complete player. Uh, Larry Foote, this is an interesting one. Uh, We were the Michigan station when Larry Foote was a member of the Michigan football Wolverines. And you talk about a kid that could hit. Uh, Went on to, well, let's just point it out, a very nice career with your Steelers, Jane. Yeah, I like Larry Foote. I think, you know, 13 years in the NFL, uh, his Michigan career, I think he deserves to make it. Uh, You could say the same thing about our next fella, Antonio Gates. Uh, A lot of people don't understand that he was born in Detroit, played football and basketball at Central High School before playing uh, basketball for two seasons for Kent State, helping them win two MAC basketball championships and a berth in the NCAA tournament. And then he would go on to, of course, uh, a 15-year NFL career, all with the then San Diego Chargers. Uh, He's got to be a slam dunk as well. 
tremendous athlete to think about. You played at a high level of basketball, and then you went on to the NFL. It's amazing. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rip Hamilton. Uh, he was born in your home state there, James of Pennsylvania. Spent nine of his N- uh, 14 NBA seasons uh, with the Pistons. Of course, uh, he helped the uh, Pistons to six straight Eastern Conference final appearances and two straight final appearances, winning the 2004 NBA championship. Uh, he got my vote. That's for darn sure. That's another thing we recently talked about on Sports Final, or at least in the sports office. How amazing is six straight Eastern Conference finals appearances? That's unbelievable, and Rip Hamilton was a big part of it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, now, as poorly as the Tigers are playing right now, and, yeah, it's pretty darn bad. Uh, you go back to, I think, the signing that Mr. Mike Illich did that kind of brought baseball back in one fell swoop here in the D, and that was uh, Pudge Rodriguez. Uh, born and raised in Puerto Rico, he made his Major League debut for the Rangers in 1991, uh, then quickly developed into one of the top catchers in the game, signed with the Tigers in 2004. That was absolutely huge uh, when Pudge came here because all of a sudden the Tigers became an attractive landing spot. Remember that? Right. So when you get one big name, then it snowballs, and then you can create a championship team, at least an American League championship team. Well, and uh, that's exactly what happened, and uh, always a lot of fun uh, watching Pudge Rodriguez uh, fun do fact. what he did. Yeah. Fun, fun fact about Pudge is he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, out of nowhere. Uh, like a week ago, I get this notification that he's now following me. So thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, now, I wonder uh, what he's up to. I'll have to do the research. But, uh, you know, there's a dude uh, that behind the plate was absolutely stellar. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a catcher geek because I played a little bit. But, you know, his mechanics were second to none. And the way he handled pitchers uh, was also fantastic. And the fact that he's following you on Twitter, that's just crazy. I mean, he can win and be inducted into the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame, but I think his greatest honor is following me on Twitter. <laughs> well, again, that is just uh, some of the uh, folks that are on the ballot, the 2022 Michigan Sports Hall of Fame ballot, uh, which is open for your vote now through May 22nd at the uh, Michigan Sports Hall of Fame website. Uh, well, with that... Uh, we're just about done here. You'll be making your way into the rink to uh, watch your Penguins. Now, let me ask you this, Jamie, uh, being yes. somewhat of a uniform geek as well. You were way too young for when the uh, Penguins were wearing the powder blue. But do you remember those at all? I've seen them. I, but, yes, I they were not wearing that when I be, became a fan. My fandom started really in the 90s with Lemieux and Yager Ron Francis, and when they right. won those two cups, I oh, was yeah. like nine years old. I just loved every minute of it, and I haven't stopped. And uh, we'll just point out, uh, because we have time, and I still need a legitimate answer, uh, Blake uh, has been sporting a gray, it's just gray, Pittsburgh Pirate oh. cap, and just don't understand the logic behind it. You got to do better Fashion. than you just needed a gray hat. I it was a clean the Pittsburgh Pirates logo is a clean logo. It's a very simple logo. There's not a lot going on, and I needed a nice light gray hat to go with when I wear black shirts. 
So I went with the Pirates one over. I couldn't do a Yankees hat. That would be disgusting. That would be stupid. That yes. would be really I weird. I couldn't do a Dodgers hat because that. Everybody is. Yeah. So I went with the Pirates. A gray Pirates. A gray Pirates hat. Yes. <laughs> to match his He's black monochromatic. shirts. monochromatic. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to go black on black. Then I'm like, I seem a little emo. Nobody wants that. No. Who needs that? You are emo, though. <laughs> no, I'm just, I get angry at sports teams and players. That's yeah. all. But that, but aside from that, <laughs> I'm a pretty a happy lad. guy. Yeah. yeah. All right, James, all you have to do now is go enjoy your uh, company with your dad. Game four, the uh, Penguins and Rangers. Uh, thanks for joining us there, partner. Thank you. Don't tell me what's happening. I'm in a bubble still. I'm just going to go in and experience it. All right. Out of the bubble. Uh, For Jamie and for Blake, uh, my name is Steve Courtney. want to thank you, as always, for checking out the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR.